This episode is brought to you by Meow Wolf. Manifest unique family memories at Meow Wolf Denver. Quantum travel is the most comfortable way for Earthers of all ages to explore a playground of imagination. And why visit just once when this immersive experience reshapes every time you enter? C Street is my favorite because C Street has this vibe of like 80s dystopian. There's like slime coming down the walls and there's weird posters. And then of course, the secret club. With the annual Portal Pass, drop by Convergence Station as much as you want for less than the cost of two adult tickets. So if you plan to go twice, it's worth it. Plus, enjoy discounts, special offers, and so much more. Get the annual Portal Pass and spend quality space time with your favorite Earthers today. Learn more at MeowWolf.com. That's MeowWolf.com. Today on CityCast Denver... Six months ago, local restaurants were on edge with talk of tipping fatigue. Now we've seen reports of tip creep, and somehow Casa Bonita is in the middle of it all. So me and Bree and a great new guest are talking tipping fatigue and all the other local stories that mattered this week. Today is Friday, June 30th. I'm Paul Caroli, and here's what Denver's talking about. Welcome back to CityCast Denver, the show about the city where Mark Zuckerberg and Elon Musk are kindly invited to have their cage match. <sighs> Why do you have to bring them up? Don't Those are like you... two of the most disliked people in the universe, in my universe. Anyway. I mean, isn't that why it's fun? Isn't that why you want to imagine what that would be like? Two white guys fighting. You could go to Lodo and see that anytime. Well, no, I'm, that. I'm good, Paul. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> do you, um, So Brie, of course, is here. And then we have... I mean, we're here. It's Friday. We're at the 5280 Magazine Studios downtown. Beautiful, lovely morning. Right off the 16th Street Mall, which is a giant (laughs) hole right now because they're digging it up. Anything else you see out there you want to report that people should know? No, you know, the usual traffic sucks trying to find a parking spot. Wah, wah, wah. Yeah. But other than that, it's a beautiful day, Paul. You Mm -hmm. rode your bicycle here. I know. I'm feeling extra chipper. I'm feeling a little envious of you because when I walked outside, I was like, oh, it's perfect. It's that. It's a nice day. So yeah. I'm happy you did that. Yeah. There are still puddles on the Cherry Creek Trail for other bikers who- um, Beware. Yeah. Just beware. Um, so we got a great topic today, but we got to introduce our guest. Excellent guest today. He's a multimedia broadcaster, journalist, multi-multi-hyphen professional, the host of the excellent podcast, The Connect. Graffiti is here. Hello. Hello, everyone. Hi, Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Thanks for joining us. Graffiti, do you have a, not to dredge this up again, but do you have a, <laughs> where do you stand on the Musk versus Zuck fight and should it be in Denver? It shouldn't be in Denver. It definitely should not be in Denver. Um, but yeah, let them fight it out, man. Go ahead. Okay. I think, I think Musk wins that one, but you know. You got, think? Yeah, he'll have like a machine fist or something like that, but. Oh man, I didn't think about. <laughs> I'm always surprised when rich guys are not super buff because, like, you have the money to just like have someone train. You know what I mean? I'm Zuck not a personal trainer. It's expensive. Buff. He is. Zuck is like extremely yeah, buff. He, actually he is. does jujitsu and like he does. Okay. Mis- he does. He- also, aren't we this? Denver's the first MMA fight. That's what I'm here. saying. It should be uh, here. You're right. Yeah. I feel like for historical sake, maybe it should. Yeah. Be. <laughs> there might be an audience for that. For historical sake, yes. <laughs> yeah. This is important. Yeah. Uh, 
so before we get to our story, uh, business, um, on our Tuesday show this past week, we answered a bunch of listener questions and responded to your feedback, and it was the best. You know what, Paul? I just want to follow up on that. So we t- we had a really nice listener reach out uh, about the articulated wall, um, the statue, right. or the I'm sorry, the sculpture mm-hmm. off of Broadway and I-25 that some people call the French fry stack. I drove around there yesterday to get some photos. Oh, nice. Um, it is literally hiding in a sea of parking lots behind what looks like an abandoned strip mall. Huh. The Denver Design District should be demolished. I think they really need to. <laughs> I think they just need to start fresh. I think that like, I there was, was my nothing. Impression. There was nothing going on there except a security guy following me around yeah. while I was taking photographs. So it's like a central location in the middle of the city that I realized I never went into, and now mm-hmm. I know why because it's not really. It's a, it's a wholesaler. It's a wholesaler, yeah. which is cool, I guess. But like, it would be awesome if it could be, especially that sculpture in particular. I'd love to be able to, you know, go check it 100%, 100%. out. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Thanks to our listener again. That was a Tuesday show. If you didn't listen, you can hear more about the story behind the articulated wall, that sculpture. Yeah. If you go back to our Tuesday show, but. Uh, yeah, we had such a fun time hearing from our listeners and readers. Yeah, and, and we want to do that more. Um, w- like, I'm sure we're going to make some people mad when we talk about tipping in a minute. So call in and respond. <laughs> we want to hear what you think about this. Uh, so yeah, call in, leave us voicemail, send us a text. The number is 720-500-5418. Again, that's 720-500-5418. <sighs> shall we, shall we get into this, this controversial topic, mm-hmm, tipping? Mm-hmm. It's... Uh, it's kind of a big deal. I mean, it's like a problem maybe. And now Casa Bonita did this thing that got everybody upset this week where they initially they were reopening with tipping, but then it turned out no one was tipping. So they did a service fee now with 15%. And so what, Brie, you're shaking your head. What What's important here? Well, it's interesting because this changed in the last couple of weeks because like two weeks ago I went to Casa Bonita and yeah. I was able to tip mm-hmm. and I did. Absolutely. I don't know who's not tipping. What a weird thing to not tip. But uh, Hmm. I understand. Also, in my mind, I'm thinking I paid ahead of time. This is what they talked about in the story was people were a little confused because you sort of pre-buy your meal. But then at the table, you can get additional drinks if you want alcoholic beverages. You can get additional desserts. And so I did. We did that. And then I factored in my meal price towards my tip. So I made sure I tipped on that whole Hmm. that whole price but interesting i also realize i'm like a person that loves to tip so <laughs> you are you i think if i was a server and you walked into a restaurant was i where i was working i would be like over the moon Thank excited you. i love tipping I, I i know that about you so well <laughs> uh graffiti where do you stand on tipping just generally i do agree that it's super weird if you don't tip but on the flip side of it I do think it's kind of up to the restaurant or the establishment to pay a livable wage so that you don't have to rely on tips purely. Mm. Um, You know, I I know people that work in the food service industry and they make a lot of money off tips, but they don't make a lot of money in general. So it's like, well, you know, I'm kind of for factoring it in. Um, And then there's, the you know, the buttheads that don't tip. (laughs) Right. And this is eliminating that. that, Yeah. So you're going to you're going to make your tip regardless so i do like that side of it but just you know i couldn't imagine just sitting down and not even if it's included it just feels weird exactly to not tip you know what i mean yeah i don't i feel like i i have not been to the new casa bonita i'm starting to feel left out if anyone wants to invite me brie is gone peyton's gone i have not been so i don't know what it feels like but i think there's different situations where it feels really natural to do it and there's other times where it's 
I, I question. And sometimes it changes. Like with new technology, these like coffee shops used to have a jar on the desk. Now they have the little iPad that they spin around and it's like a pr prompt. Yeah. Now it's a nudge to tip. Whereas before the little jar wasn't really a nudge and I never did it. But now I sometimes do. Yeah. I would never, I've never put a dollar in a jar. Oh my God, Paul. What? <gasps> you never put a dollar in a jar? Never. Um, I just tipped on my Starbucks app today. Mm -hmm. I know you were also a yep. patron of Starbucks. Mm -hmm. And I accidentally hit 50 cents. And I was like, who tips 50 cents? So I like <laughs> went back into the app and was like, a dollar. <laughs> like I'm not tipping 50. What is it? 1980? I'm not tipping 50 cents. Yeah. Well, Paul, I... Are you for scandalized? The, the world's sake, I'm glad you've been forced to feel like you should do it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I guess the other interesting part to me was that what they did at Casa Bonita is they went from these salaries that they signed people on to really, really recently. And then they switched to non-tipped $30 an hour. So, and it was like double the amount of money. Mm. And it's, I think it's interesting because I've heard from other places that have done this service fees, like Frank Bonanno, like Danny Meyer. He says that the servers do end up with more money mm. and everyone does. And it's more equitable with the back of house as well. Mm. So I feel like, I, I don't know. I mean, I understand why some servers don't want to go to a non-tipped system and they prefer the flexibility, but right. I don't know. I never had that experience though. Too. So they do make more money. That's what I've heard, depending on the system, because there's yeah. different ways to do it. I mean, okay, so the struggle for me is the bait and switch here is like Casa Bonita hired folks under one premise. And then they, according to this anonymous source through Axios said, we got this paper saying, okay, you're not getting tipped anymore. You're making $30 an hour, which I agree is a great wage. But if you don't take that option, you don't have a job. Mm -hmm. And so that's where I was like, eh. It should have been an, it should have been clear from the beginning, which is part of our wage transparency stuff here in Colorado is if you apply for a job, it has to list your wage. That's true. And so you signed up for one thing and then you got another thing. That's where I struggle because I didn't think about that. Yeah, good point. Well, and also like I, I agree, like the tipping system is not good because it's really based on all these weird factors, arbitrary factors, how you feel that day. <laughs> Are you a person that tips or not? Like things that shouldn't factor into someone's ability to pay their own bills. But at the same time, I know folks that are bartenders and have been bartenders for 20, 25 years because they make consistently pretty good money and they have a schedule they like or that, you know, they have these other things that don't come with the security of the same consistent amount of pay every time. So I understand why folks are servers, but I also think that people should get paid a living wage. I think what would have been a nice compromise here is if Casa Bonita had, well, one, made that decision before they hired people, but two, 100%. if you're going to institute it, at least give folks an option because 15% service charge is not enough to me because I would be tipping 20 to 30%. So at least if you give me an option to tip if I want, I don't like hmm. that. I, and now I'm just going to be the I guy that like carries you cash more. I feel like you always, 100% always have the option. Any any person well, on the street, I'm any just, situation, you could tip them. They would smile and say, hey, thanks. But I'm saying with the credit card system, because mm. like, uh, for instance, Starbucks for a long time, if you did use a credit card, you couldn't tip. And I hated that. So I think it, I think about our our old get, our old friend of the show, Joanne Allen, says she always carries like $20 in ones. Right. In her, you know, usually to give to unhoused folks, but maybe I'm just going to start doing that so I can tip when I don't have the option. You, totally. I don't know. I'm curious now, though. So, as far as the wait staff, you would be incentivized to do a better job if you know that you might get a bigger tip. So, how does that affect I mean, service? It kind 
kind of because I you, but think about have you ever <laughs> did you ever wait tables or anything? No. Okay. I just want to say like sometimes you do your best. Yeah. And you're like, oh, these people loved me. I like I was there the whole and then they like tipped you nothing and you're like, what did yeah. I do? So like it's really so arbitrary. Yeah. I just like the biggest thing here is just the bait and switch. You didn't get the option to make that choice. And again, people are servers for a lot of reasons. Sometimes because you can make more money than the average hourly wage. Sometimes. I'm sure that's true. I'm mm -hmm. sure that's true. So, I don't know. I don't know either. The, I, it, the that, option should be there. Yeah, that's – yes, I yeah. think. You should be able to tip if you want. Yeah. You don't have to. You know what that article did not stay, say that I, I'm curious about is whether or not any Casa Bonita employees didn't take the deal. Mm. Like if any of them were like, cause I heard that's what happened to Danny Meyer, who is this big champion of like getting rid of tipping. He's the guy who founded Shake Shack. And he said at the beginning of the pandemic, he just had a revolt and like, people were like, we're going to leave, you know, we hmm. want tipping back. So he brought tipping back and it was his servers that basically demanded it. Interesting. I mean, I don't know. I want people to be able to make a living wage and not have to work five jobs and all of these things that often servers do, honestly. Um, again, it just comes down to the communication of the employer with the employee. And it just seems how it went down just seemed a little sucky to me. Ouch. Casa Bonita <laughs> takes its first hit. I know. I was really bummed because, oh, honestly, when this story came out, I was like, I thought they were doing so good. <laughs> I loved it. I Every totally also, when I went... Everyone I interacted with was so nice and like stoked to be there and cool and like it was awesome. It just like felt good. And I was like yeah. – and then again, I'm a person who's like, okay, I'm going to tip you a lot because I'm loving what I'm – you know, I'm having this nice experience too. But yeah. I wonder if this changes that feeling for them at all, hmm. the employees. How was the food? Great question. Because <sighs> I haven't made it yet and I know. that's my and biggest I, like, concern. I cannot even be – are you a Casabonita person, Graffiti? Absolutely. And I was so excited. <laughs> I was so excited. And I'm, a, and I'm a South Park person. So like all of it just made me so happy. Oh, you'll love that then because there I'll is, it. it didn't like, they didn't do like a South Park overhaul, yeah. but there is like a commemoration of Cartman's experience Got it. that you'll like. Oh. Okay. Yeah. But I was just like, man, you know, food poison is kind of part of the experience at Casabonita. <laughs> <so. laughs> and you know what? In the, in the, at the end, when you're leaving Casa Bonita and there's the treasure room, next to it used to be a gift shop that was obviously long abandoned even before that. It was kind of just empty. They turned mm. it into a little museum. And there is a letter printed out from a family from 1999 that's like paragraph by paragraph how everyone got sick. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> but they put it in the museum as sort of like we acknowledge that, that so this was a much. huge problem. It's really a thing. Yeah. Um, I would say the food is much improved. Right. It is not Velveeta on a plate at all. <laughs> there is no Velveeta in that building anymore. Um, I personally, the thing I loved honestly the most was the new desserts. I had flan and it was amazing. So okay. I'm a Sounds sweet great. tooth person personally. So. Watch out, Sopapia. I still also had Sopapia. Yeah, you got to have a Sopapia. Of course, <laughs> of course. Yeah. But uh, All right, so one, one more thing on tipping before we move on. There's this survey that uh, KDVR reported on. And so this is like more, we're, let's depersonalize and let's put on like our analytical, like learn something about Denver glasses here. KDVR reported on this survey from the payment platform Toast that, that said Denver ranks number two overall in the country for highest tippers. Denverites tip on average 19.8%. Well, that makes me feel good about my Does city. It? Yeah. The, it's not just me. There's this other part of this article because it was like really weirdly written. They they said that they stated as a fact that the traditional tip is 15% and they used the phrase tip creep. 
So I think the people at KDVR kind of think that this 19.8 is too high. So I, what do you think? I mean, that's number two also, and it's not 20. I don't know. I mean, I don't tip under 20%. 20% is my baseline tip for whatever kind of service. If it's not good, whatever. If you're you're working, it's 20%. Right. If you're awesome, it's 25 to 30%. So much to my husband's chagrin. <laughs> it's like, you tip too much. I'm like, it's my money. I'm going to do what I want. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, Graffiti, any any reaction to that data? Yeah, I think, I don't know. We we have really nice servers for the yeah. most part. I think that's what it is. That's a good For point. the most oh, part, yeah. especially if you travel a lot and like, you know, especially like if you're down south or back east, it's like everybody's rude. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so it's like you, you kind of want to yes. give people more money when they're just friendly. And I think we just have friendly staff. I think my my brother-in-law lives in New York City and he he got a drink. He, he told us he got a, I don't know what bar. He was at some bar and he got a drink and the this bartender was like, that's all you're going to tip me? And he was like, um. Oh, boy. I don't think you're allowed to say that. Yeah. <laughs> so I can see what you're saying, Graffiti. People mm-hmm. are nicer here. How about how about the tip creep narrative? Because like <laughs> six, six months ago, we were talking about tipping fatigue from the pandemic. And now there's tip creep. So this is creep saying the tip is, tips creeping are creeping up. up? They're creeping up higher and higher. That's well, weird. maybe people are feeling more financially secure. I have no idea. I don't know where that comes from. That's weird. Tip creep. I have not observed <laughs> it in my creeper. own behavior. <laughs> yeah, I haven't observed that one either. <laughs> um, all right. Okay. Well, I think that's a perfectly good place to end it. Good luck, Caspanita. Um, facing I thought the... you were going to ask me all the places I tip. Oh, you want to do the lightning round? <laughs> we can do the lightning round. I was just going to list off all the weird places I tip. <laughs> yeah. No, I, we'll, we'll, yeah we'll, we'll give it a shot. So this is a tipping lightning round. I just have a bunch of professions, you know, people you interact with on your day-to-day, maybe somewhat occasionally. Graffiti, Brie, just, you know, hit me. Whoever, whoever answers first wins with how much and if you tip. <laughs> whoever answers first wins the point. I'm just going to say I tip all of the people. Then tell me how much. Then tell me how much. Oh, 20% always. I mean, I tip anybody in a service position, in a position of service. So my Sonic car hop, I would tip. Your Uber driver? Uh, yeah, I probably tip more. Than okay, that's one point for Brie Graffiti. Well, Sorry, because I'm taking over the conversation. She, she I got it. Started. She, she got it. She He's got it. New. I, and I, mean, I and I'm not tipping twenty percent. So she she no. won. Okay. No. How about how about your uh, your city council member? Okay. No. no. A little tip. They're nah. a public servant. That feels know. like a bribe. Yeah. I love my, my city word. council okay. person, Jamie Torres no rules. But no tip. No. Sorry, city council. How about your drag performer? Oh, that's like built into the culture. Yeah. That's kind of what I wanted to talk about. I've noticed this recently at our uh, Hot Wings debate. This was like a big part of it. I didn't oh, really yeah, realize did. yeah, that. Yeah, that's a huge part of it. How did, What is that? How did that happen? I mean, I, I don't know the origins of it, but I think like anything, it's like this this awesome thing that was created in a community to push the folks that support you to to pay artists out of your pocket to theirs. I love it. I don't I don't know. the. I'd love to know the origins of tipping in the drag community. It's interesting. But I, at my first drag show, I don't know, 15, 20 years ago, I saw it then. It is, I've got to say, probably a decades old part of the the community. And then I feel like any artist or performer that does an intimate, direct performance that's indie <laughs> should get to it. Well, I also mm. have noticed that like artists will put out like their Venmo and stuff. Yep. Like, so you can, even if you don't have cash, There's- just tip people for being art artists which i would do yeah <laughs> how about your liquor store clerk no, no tip for the liquor store clerk 
the little dish with the pennies? You're going to put a, t- a penny I, well, in there? Well, that I will say just put my change in the yeah. thing. I do that all the time. Okay. Just I don't want to carry change. Okay. But I don't look at it like a tip. I, yeah, for, that, would yeah be that one's kind of weird. Well, you still get the point there. You answered first, and that's the important thing. <laughs> um, how about your stand up comedian? Yes. Yeah, probably. Finish if the set, give him a little tip. Yeah, totally. Interesting. Interesting. Okay, one more. This is because we had that psychedelics convention last week. Your trip sitter. Oh, like the person <laughs> that hangs out with you while you're high? Yeah. Uh, and not if they're your friend. Yeah, not that's a just tip. like you a give homie. Them a hug. That's your homie. Fr- that's like what, your what about the, the, the agreement you have as friends. Yeah. If it's like a medical situation, like no. it's like a. Okay, this is a great point. Medical situation. I try. <laughs> I tried to tip my esthetician Jody Lynn the other day, and she's like. Botox is a medical procedure. You can't tip me on it. <laughs> she tried to tip. Well, because like t- I, t- well, I tip my hairdresser and I tip my massage therapist. You, and tip, I t- your, you tip your dentist? <laughs> no, I don't tip my dentist. But thanks, see, yeah, but she smile. said I like literally, I'm not supposed to take tips because this is a medical procedure. So yeah. I wouldn't tip my esthetician if she gave me Botox, but if she does my eyebrows, I will. <laughs> All right. Well, I think Bria uh, wins the game on that. We're going to go to a quick break and we'll be back with uh, wins and fails. I love to tip. All right. And we're back. Uh, So we're going to do our new favorite segment, a little round of wins and fails. So stuff we've noticed around the city this week, recently, local, generally, Things that we think are wins, things we think are fails. Let's do fails first. Who mm, wants to start? You go, Paul. You start. You want to hey, go graffiti? You I mean, it's you. Hey, you got it. You're ready you first. Got it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> go, Paul. Um, so mine's a little short story, uh, just a personal experience. Starts in a backyard in Elyria, Swansea, last maybe two weekends ago. Cousin Riley was graduating from barber school. Yeah. In the back corner of the yard, overgrown with weeds, was an old bee cycle. Do you all remember oh, B-Cycle? you know yeah. what? I was just thinking about these the other day. Like that was the OG. Mm-hmm. C- was it a city project? Well, this is what I learned. Do you, uh, Graffiti, did mm-hmm. you? It was like pre-Lime. Yeah, okay. yeah. yeah. pre-Lime bikes and all that stuff. So what happened? That's Or Uber or whatever. Why, why, how did? Yeah, what happened? Kind of hard to know. Well, turns out one of the people at this party used to be a mechanic and they are kind of, they were kind of harboring these like bad feelings about how it all went down because- it was right at the beginning of the pandemic that B-Cycle's contract ran out and their fleet of bikes was 10 years old and like yeah. really out of date and heavy as hell, yeah, if you'll remember. And like remember at that, that point, not fun to ride. So they had to invest in a whole new fleet and they're a nonprofit. So it would have been a, a grant uh. from the city. The city put out a request for proposals. B-Cycle put together this whole thing with like scooters, e-bikes. They're nonprofit, so they're more mission driven and they were going to make it more accessible. But they didn't get the contract because the Hancock administration gave it to the scooter companies because mm. they were all like public-private partnership forward at that time. So this is my fail. I just thought like, wow, I didn't know how sad that story was. <laughs> Listeners can't <laughs> see my face right now. I'm so mad. Isn't that like... Ugh. This makes me hate scooters and those bikes now yeah. even more. Yeah, this yeah. was like because a public... Because we could have had a public thing. nonprofit program. Ugh. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Nice. Well, great way to go out on the Hancock administration, but people already know how I feel about that. So, <laughs> graffiti, are you are you sad about the B cycle story? Are you you got feelings? I do now. I didn't think about it before. Right? But I'm like that sucks. Kind of. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> well, we got two more fails to go. <laughs> Brutal. Which one of you two wants to go? I'll go. Um, the Colorado Rockies. Oh boy. 
and everything about the Colorado Rockies. <laughs> like people are like, sell the team, sell the yeah. team. Yeah, I mean, you know, we're on a high from the Nuggets winning the championship. We got the Same Mammoth. Up. I mean, like the Broncos aren't the greatest right now, but we've had that time. And yes. I think we feel like it, it'll be back soon. It just doesn't seem like we have much hope for the Colorado Rockies. And it's it's tragic. It is. Especially like <laughs> such a centrally located. Yeah. Like it seems I mean? like we should have a right good there. baseball team. Like yeah. it feels like a good baseball team city. I don't know. You know, like it, it, we're a sports it's, town. Yes. But we don't have a good baseball team. And it's like that should be the the easiest one. You know, we just won a basketball championship. As a fan, I never really seen that coming, but as a baseball fan. It's like, come on, Rockies, yeah. what are we doing? Did you grow up here? Yes. Okay, so you remember how exciting it was, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. We get this team. We finally get a, like, legit MLB team. It was, I remember, it was like, I don't remember a lot of being a tween, but yeah. that was a big deal for Denver, and it just feels like it's been squandered. Yeah. And don't get me wrong, it's still fun to go to a game, totally. you know, have 100%. a beer, have a hot dog. It, it's cool, but it's like, we kind of wish you guys would win sometimes. It would be awesome. That's all. That's all. What was it last weekend? They lost uh, like twenty-five to three or something. Oh, yeah, I saw that on social media, and that's <gasps> they're losing bad. It's, it you know so what I bad. mean? It's like you're losing really bad <laughs> while we're having parades for you know like, for a team we never thought would oh, get there. Man, the, it's, um, it's tough. <laughs> Uh, that's a great fail. They uh, <laughs> perpetual, constant, epic fail. The Rockies. Yeah. But Coors Field, A plus. Somehow, yeah. Now Coors still Field it. is not a fail. <laughs> yeah, Coors Field rules. Um, yeah. yeah. Bri, how about you? What's your fail? I I mean, okay. I don't know why I'm getting myself into this mess again. But <laughs> earlier this week, we Bring talked about the Zero Fare for Better Air program, the eight weeks during the summer where RTD is free. Mm -hmm. And we were like, yeah, yeah, this rules. Awesome. Awesome. And then John Murray, our friend from the Denver Post, wrote this piece, <laughs> will, quote, truly embarrassing drug use and other problems undercut RTD's summer of free fares. So... There's a lot of concerns from drivers that like, it's cool to let everybody ride the bus for free, but we're still not getting the basic things we need as drivers. We don't have a safe job environment. We don't have a safe work environment. And I, I'm not going to get into the politics of uh, longtime listeners know how I feel about how we talk about people who use drugs. It's important to me to remember these are human, human people. But I also think about like nobody wakes up in the morning and is like, I can't wait to do drugs on the train. Like we're doing drugs in our homes. Everybody I know does drugs in their homes that are housed. So it's like kind of pitting people against each other in this weird way when we're not dealing with the actual societal issues that are getting us there. We have programs to help folks um, who use drugs. We we don't have enough of them. We don't have enough funding for it. This is also a housing issue. Like if someone's riding the bus or the train all day long to stay cool or stay safe, what do you think we need to do? <laughs> like house people. So I just, I, I don't know if it's a fail yet, but it's like, oh, I think the thing that I, that really stuck out to me in this piece from John was like the governor announced this like, yeah. yeah, oh my gosh, the environment. Amazing. But like, what about the other side of it? How do we, we know that RTD has a driver shortage already and the existing drivers are saying there isn't even security on this train to help me. I don't, I don't feel safe. How do we fix that problem? I want to fix those problems before we, you know what I mean? So it's like a potential fail. Gra graffiti, I want to hear from you on this. We talk about transit too, all, too, much, too much probably. Too that much. is a very interesting point. I mean, they're on the transit 
for a form of safety, you know, yeah. um, housing. And I never really thought about it from the driver's perspective, honestly. But again, that I mean, I hate to say it this blatantly, but it comes with the job. You know what I it mean? It does to a certain extent, yeah. for sure. But we, what we've, I think we've learned from these drivers and the fact that there's a shortage is just like, yeah. they shouldn't have to be breaking up fights or like, That's you true. know, I've heard, I've just seen like anecdotally friends share stories on social media about like, I was on the train and I was being harassed by a dude and like. And the really, driver had to interview. Yeah, yeah the driver true. has to. What do they do? They're driving. So mm. I just think like there's a lot of issues we need to deal with. And I love the idea of free transit. But how else are we dealing with the other stuff? Folks who are having mental health issues, the folks that do have drug problems. Like the bus is like taking on the burden that the city is having a, having trouble with, I think. Which is a lot of systems are being overburdened when we need to deal with them on a larger level. So bums me out. Yeah. I like the idea of security or you know some type of assistance on the bus but then there's other factors with that too because that's like, what i'm yeah i don't want to be <laughs> like <deep>. more police <laughs> yeah but like how are we dealing with the issues to stop that from happening in the first place or at least right. minimize it because like i lived in new york for a year i rode the subway i saw lots of wild stuff <laughs> but for the most part i didn't feel unsafe on a day-to-day basis and I, from what I hear from folks is they feel unsafe to the level where they don't necessarily want to use public transit and the drivers themselves are also speaking up. So you know that it's really a problem. What are you mm-hmm. thinking, Paul? Ah, just how far I want to go into this because obviously, I mean, I have my own feelings about this zero fare for better air. Right. Uh, yeah. Let's get into it. I think these state lawmakers and state officials are foisting this problem on Denver that's not going to solve our problems, that there's no, there's no push on the drivers to, to in, there's nothing to inconvenience drivers in any way so there's not going to be anyone moving from cars to transit it's not going to oh, serve when you say those drivers people. you're talking about like single occupant yes, car, car drivers, drivers. Oh, not okay. the bus My drivers. you're saying gotcha. that so the zero to get back to it the zero fare for better air concept is often touted as a way to get people on the bus, yeah. right? Let's get out of our cars. And and you've all, you've said for a long time, that's not enough. <laughs> it's not enough. It's not enough. But like, I agree with you. So I love the thought, but I, I think you're right. I think sometimes state lawmakers are not in the reality of it, which is A, we're not necessarily getting people out of their cars and B, we're not um, providing a safe place for the drivers. Or, I don't know. It's, it's, it's not what's so best for Denver. I think yeah. if they wanted to help the transit system in Denver, they should fund it. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> what a radical concept. Like, <laughs> it, this is what I was talking about on Tuesday. It, RTD has a PR problem in part because it's not funded. Mm-hmm. So it's like watching a half broke down thing and wondering why it's not doing awesome. Right. It's like, yeah, it's not just about more security. So, hey, you guys, maybe we should fund this. What a crazy concept. I think that's what it boils down to, honestly. Yeah. I mean, th- to be fair, the zero fare thing, the state government is going to be paying for that. It's going to cost an estimated $10, $10 million last year and 13 point something this year. So yeah. it's not nothing, but like, I get this it. This is like a major city's public transportation network. It's expensive. It's not going to get me out of my car, I'll tell you that. And I think that's the sentiment for a lot of people. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Let's do some wins. <laughs> Let's do something some wins. positive. <laughs> Who wants to start us off with a win? I can't. Well, um, one, I was going to talk about what a nice experience I had at Ball Arena this week after the Red Rocks experience oh, nice. that everyone had. Yeah. Um, I went to Eric Abadu on Monday. Transformative. Incredible. Great concert. Unbelievable. Were you there? Mm-hmm. It's like, it's one of those shows that after the show, you're like, 
oh, this really changes my life every time I see her. It was beautiful. But it, that, that's probably not a win for everyone who didn't go to the Erica Badu show. Um, no, so, that's great. That's good vibes in the city. That's a lot of people. Oh, it was Hell yeah. I love this the one. The best feeling show I'd been to in a long time in terms of audience. There were two people that were having religious experiences next to me, which is very common for Erica Badu. Yeah, Badu's I was going to say that happens a lot of her. I had heard my husband really? and his best I, yeah. friend have seen her like six times. Yeah, I, it was my first time. Have you seen her? I have, but I usually attribute that to being outside at Red Rocks. <laughs> right. But so for Ball Arena to have that same experience is like, it's definitely just Erica Badu. She just like, <laughs> there was this woman that was just like in it with Erica, like, and she was honestly older than the average person in For the crowd. Sure. She was probably in her 60s. And Erica Badu was clearly her person. But uh-huh. it was just one of those shows the where best. like the next day I was like, I'm now I get it. I'm getting it. Um, but I will just say the other really cool thing that's happening in Denver right now is the conversation around renaming places. And the Barnum Branch Library in my neighborhood has the opportunity to maybe be renamed. And I'm just excited about that because Barnum, the neighborhood, is named after P.T. Barnum. A person that owned land in Denver. If we know anything, people that just own land are not that interesting. Often, maybe not the greatest people. He was not the greatest. Um, but there's other people in this community that we could name uh, the the Barnum Branch after. My recommendation would be I'd, I'd like to throw uh, I'd like to throw Lucille Berkeley Buchanan's name in. Uh, she was a Barnum resident who moved here in the 1880s with her parents, who were emancipated uh, former and en- formerly enslaved people, and they were the first Black family to own land in Barnum. And she was uh, CU Boulder's first Black female graduate. Um, she was a I think she was the first Black student to graduate from UNC. I would love to have a library after named after Lucille versus P.T. Barnum. So I love the move that this is making. I'm excited. That's been common, too. The name changes. Is, yeah. It's really, I like that. I Me love too. that about our city. We'll be like, no, nah, that sucks. Let's change it. Yeah. We're willing, for, the, for the most part, you know? Yeah, that we're <laughs> when it comes to, to changing names, conversations. Not a lot of other stuff. Right. <laughs> right. And name only kind of thing. But. Yeah. Um, when for me, I would say um, street art, you know, hmm. given my name. I think we kind of take street art for granted in Denver, specifically around downtown Rhino Lodo area. It's everywhere, and we don't really, um, you know, celebrate the artists that do it. Uh, one of the big ones right now, friend of mine and big artist Detour, um, absolutely just put up that mural with uh, the Denver Nuggets, added the trophy oh, so to it. Good. I've been seeing that everywhere: ESPN, New York Times, Billboard. Like it's everywhere, and I'm like. It is really cool. And I don't know if any of us really realize how cool that is, but there's so many other artists that do that. And, you know, Detour has, he owns downtown. But, you know, Gamma, there's a bunch of them. And I'm just, you know, I I think it's a win that is not vandalism anymore in the eyes of the people. It's not treated as vandalism. It's just like, it's what's making our city beautiful. So uh, we should just celebrate that a little bit. I think that Detour should just have. he should just get paid by like visit Denver. Like seriously, <laughs> just keep because, him on a commission. Yes, seriously. If there's just, a moment we want you to put up a mural of like just we'll just send you names. Like yeah, if but anyone... you'll be on retainer and have income the whole year. Yeah, you know what I mean? Because this is the that's that the struggle, right? Is we heard we we kind of saw the other side, the underside of it that For many sure. of us know who are artists or friends with artists that you don't necessarily make a ton of money doing it and. When one of uh, Detour's friends put up a GoFundMe, it was like, oh, mm-hmm. we really got to make sure this dude makes a living. I know he he does tons of things, but yeah, yeah. I know that he's not making the amount of money that he should be for right. the amount of work that he does to booster this city. Like ESPN, New York Times. Yeah, man. That makes Denver look cool. 
And and that's the thing. So that's why I think we need to celebrate it a little bit, just as locals for sure. Um, because you know, artists are humble and you know, it's I do it for the art and I do it for we do, but at the same time, man, like you're painting the city literally. And like, making it look you should be paid by the beautiful. city for that. Yeah. It's hmm. it's great. Yeah, I I wonder. I, I would love to hear from Detour about the economics of this career. Cause he you're right, he is exceptional. And I wonder, because he if if the top of the game, he is the best in the city. He's the most known. He, his style is the most associated with downtown for me, for many people. How How is he making it work? How is he living? Because he's... I mean, I would guess he's doing a lot of different things to make the income work. I bet. That would Puzzle. be a good conversation. I would love to hear. Yeah. We should... Oh. That would be a good conversation. Yeah. But it is like, it's one of those things. And that's not to discredit any of the other artists, but he has a very distinct look that's starting to become like the look of, of Denver, of new Denver. hundred percent. Like you see the colors and stuff and you just, oh, that was detour. Oh, that's Denver. And you put it mm-hmm. together. Yeah. He did, um, he did a piece for, um, for Dave Chappelle, uh, for Dave Chappelle and for, um, David Letterman. It was David Letterman's show actually on Netflix. Oh, no way. And so the, cool. the art on David Letterman's show, the guests are like, you know, detour style. And when Damn. I seen it, I'm like, that looks like detour. And it was detour's no work. Way. But my mind clicked to Denver. Denver. You know what I mean? Like they look like they're in Denver. And <sighs> so it, it's something, you know, that's, that's something to celebrate. I love that. <laughs> and I also just love that detour then can Excellent. usher in yeah. interest in our art scene. Exactly. Because like you said, you know, there's Gama, there's Karma Lee, Mo mm-hmm. Graham, Anthony Garcia, Jaime Molina. I mean, yeah. all of these people whose work, if you see it, you know it's that Coco Bayer. We were I just talking about her. I particularly like. Oh, I love his For sure. work. The colors. Oh, yeah. I love his work. Anthony, obviously, huge, huge fan of, of my friend. But I love that knowing that people will start to make that connection. Mm-hmm. Detour, Denver. Oh, Denver's pretty cool. Yeah. In ways that we haven't been advertising it, yeah. it's cool. Yeah. So. Uh, all right, let's 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 move on. Um, I got a wild story. I got a wild story <laughs> with a happy ending that is such is making me feel good all week. Um, it's a story from Fox 59 of Indiana. <laughs> they report that forensic investigators have determined that a man who was living in Salem, who passed away in 2012, was in fact one of the men responsible for a series of armed stickups in Denver in 1955. He was living peacefully in Indiana under the assumed name Bill Lee Hall, but in fact he was Albert Edwin, a.k.a. Pinky Rhodes. And he ran with a Colorado gang called the Shotgun Bandits. He had no fingerprints. So I guess it's been like a local mystery there. Like he the had, they didn't years. have a record of his fingerprints? Yeah. Well, no, he scraped he them off no his... fingerprints. He took oh. them off. Because <gasps> he was that, you know... Yeah. He was doing... You know, see. Yeah. Anyway, How so... How was he found? Exactly. After 11 years, investigators were able to confirm his identity. Now, I don't know why they exhumed his body. And that, that part I feel a little weird about, but they did it. And they did a DNA test. And I guess he had a tattoo that said pinky on his arm, <laughs> which is like another tip off. Give yourself away. <laughs> but yeah, they just, they figured out who it was. And anyway, so the win is Pinky Rhodes. He, he did go to prison after all this. So he got a second chance and he lived happily ever after. He made it work. He got a second chance and he took advantage of it, <laughs> made a life for himself in Indiana. I think that's a heartwarming story. Oh man. What, wait, what year was the, was this the, the robberies? What? 1955. So it's like the, nah, see? Like, yes. <laughs> those are like those guys. It's, that's one of these guys. Pinky. A bag of money with yeah. a dollar sign on it. Oh man. Okay. Yeah, he, uh, I guess he ran away to Indiana <laughs> with a woman he met in Arizona. Mm. Yeah. Oh well, <laughs> I, I just—I uh, mean, that's certainly a story. 
<laughs> it certainly is a story. All right, well, we got one more segment. Uh, we're going to talk about the weekend after one more quick break. What's up, weather fam? Rain or shine, I'm Andy Stein here with your CityCast Denver weather forecast for this weekend. And we'll get to your forecast in just a sec, but earlier this week, we hit 90 degrees for the first time this season. And the last time that we had to wait this long to hit 90 degrees in Denver was back in 1982. So a lot of us don't even remember the last time that we had to wait this long for 90 degree heat. I'm not complaining though, because 90 degrees in Denver, uh, we'll definitely get that several more times this summer. So waiting a little bit longer to get our first one. Not that big of a deal to me. Hey, Friday's going to be a little bit wet, as you probably are noticing outside already, but Saturday and Sunday looking much better. Highs going to be in the low to mid 80s for both days. We do have a typical afternoon chance for thunderstorms, but for the most part, we're not looking at any widespread severe weather or big chances for widespread rain. That's going to continue into Monday and Tuesday of next week, so your 4th of July holiday should be able to go off without too many issues around the Denver metro and the front range all right we're back it's time for the official citycast denver maybe for your weekend as in maybe you'll see us there because as usual there's so many cool things happening in denver this weekend but there's only one where you might see us peyton garcia rounds up her best bets in our newsletter hey denver every week and she's here to give us her top picks peyton welcome back to the show hey everybody hey hi so what's up is it gonna be a good weekend Uh, yeah we got a lot of options um so let's get right into it uh, starting Friday, so starting today, uh, through Sunday, all weekend long, is Fan Expo Denver 2023. Oh, really? Yep. It's this weekend. Okay. Yep. So that's comic books, sci-fi, anime, cosplay galore. You guys into any of that? Graffiti? T- tell us about that. Are you, are you psyched about that? What do you, what would you, yeah, yeah. You I, before? Every year I take my kids, um, to Fan Expo. I still call it Comic-Con, yeah. but Fan Expo, we're big Marvel heads. So it's, it's always pretty fun. I mean, really, if you go as much as we do, you realize it's really not anything exciting <laughs> as far as like there's nothing happening. It's just but it's, like, it's a cool element yeah. to be around an environment. People get to be, you get to yeah. be around other people that love the thing you love. Yeah. I would just want to go to see all the costumes. That's oh. exactly what it is. Everybody just dresses up and has fun. But then like you really get there and you're just like, we're just buying comic books. But <laughs> but, but it's pretty, it's a cool Probably environment. really cool for little kids though. Yeah, they love it. They yeah. love it. Yep. I do have to say they've got some heavy hitters on the celebrity lineup, including Chevy Chase, John Bernthal, Danny Trejo, Tom Felton. But most importantly, in my opinion, Steve Burns. Who is that? You guys know who Steve Burns is? Oh, no. Blue's Clues? Blue's Clues. Oh. Oh. Blue's Clues. Yep. Steve. I love Steve. Is I he the first one or the second one? He's the OG. The original one? Yeah. The, the OG Steve. Steve. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I might like I I mean obviously <laughs> I was a little old for Blues Clues, but yeah, I worked same. at I worked at a learning toy store and we used to play Blues Clues VHS tapes. Loved Blues in the Clues. Store. <laughs> Say I I'm going to get on eBay and get them all on DVDs and make my son watch them. Oh, with the that's original fun. Yeah, that'd be cool. the best. Okay. Anyways, moving on. Another big one that's happening all weekend long. Cherry Arts Festival in Cherry Creek. Celebrate the best that Cherry Creek has to offer. Food, music, art. Oh, I didn't know it was that time of year. The best that Cherry Creek has to offer. Mm-hmm. Graffiti, is that interesting for you? That's a, that's a high claim right there. Yeah. <laughs> the, yeah. the best. I mean, it's pretty ritzy neighborhood. It is. Fancy and, stuff, probably. Um, it all goes to uh, benefit arts education in Colorado. I was going to so say they, they do ongoing youth arts education programs year round. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that's what I love about Cherry Arts. So if you want to feel fancy this weekend, that's mm. the place to be. I think I think Fan Expo is front runner right now for me. 
Cherry Creek Arts, I'm not feeling it this week. Yeah. All right. Well, what's number three? I set a high bar. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. You guys remember Goathead Greg? The guy that took, <laughs> that was collecting yeah, the like Goatheads. He got uh, yeah. locally on famous because he was like single handedly collecting like 500 pounds of Goatheads, which is insane. Um, well, anyways, you're invited to join him this weekend hmm. on a goat head collection expedition to help clean up the <laughs> Highline Canal Trail. Ooh, um, okay. Volunteers requested. There'll be snackies and water. <laughs> I gl- I'm, but there's like an organization behind him now yeah, that like the Go-Head recognized Patrol. the fact oh, that's that this cool. yeah, after that was doing something came important. Out in I guess that saves it a little bit because at you first know? I'm like, no. You're like, not <laughs> doing that. No. It's, it's, I'm going to find me he, on the highlight picking up they, goat heads. Denverite found him. Um, I think because his like wife wrote in and was like, hey, my husband does this really cool thing. Aww. And then he got so popular. Like then all of these people like gathered around him and now they're the goat head patrol and they all help him do his thing. And I don't know. It was exciting. I am very happy for Greg and this movement of people, the Me goat too. head patrol. I love it. I'm it's like when you find a thing and it's just your thing. Yeah. You know, and it's really weird, but it's your thing. I respect And then people that. get behind it. You got to respect it. I mean, he's a Denver hero. He's the reason <laughs> you're not getting flat tires in your bike. <laughs> That's huge. Paul. Yeah, I do. I benefit from his work. I should be more. You should um, respect it a little bit. At least performative in my excitement for oh that event. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Highline's cool. It would be fun. It would be a fun time. I'm sure it would. It is, it's shady. If also, it's sunny I would this just weekend. say, I know I hear, we, we've heard this a couple of times. We've gotten a couple of write-ins. I don't know how to meet people. I moved to Denver. I don't mm. know how to meet people. It does sound good this for that. This is a great way to go meet some yeah. folks that are probably cyclists, I would guess, or at least outdoor enthusiasts. Mm-hmm. Go meet some new people. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Last one. That got me a little excited. But yes, let's hear number four. The last some one. Um so it's it's farmers market season, and I have yet to actually go to a farmers market, um, which is you know kind of unheard of for me. But I guess hey, new mom, I don't get out much. <laughs> You're um, kind of busy, kind of busy. So there's a farmers market. So there's a gal. Her name is Beverly Grant, and she grew up oh. in the Five Points. You know her, yeah, of yeah, yeah, in the North Denver area. Love Mo Betta and Greens, she, yeah. exactly. She runs Mo Betta Greens, and um, they are hosting one of their farmers markets this weekend. There's going to be all the good stuff, <gasps> and there's like a. Tai Chi and Zumba and some fun activities. I love that. I anytime yeah. she, all her events are awesome. Yeah, anything she does. Yeah, is cool. I'm like it's yeah. kind of a given yeah. to me. I'm not familiar with this. Oh, Mo, she's Mo just, Greens. Mm-hmm. She's just like been a fixture in the community for so long, talking about food access and healthy huh. food and like creating the space for that access and just like no barriers. Just it's just like I don't know. I I've just talked to her peripherally as like a person in the community, and she's so nice and so welcoming to folks interested in learning more about food and food access. Yeah, Fresh I did an food. event with her. What was it? November ish. Um, we did the Wakanda on Welton event. Oh, cool! That was fun, and That's just everything really cool. she's involved in is like very. I didn't know she was involved in that. Yeah, That's it's cool. very pure, and like you learn something, especially yes. when it comes to food and health and all that. So. Mm-hmm. She's amazing. Yeah, kind of sold on this one. This sounds incredible. Yeah, I'm down. Really if you're gonna do a farmers market, That's I would the do one. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. I mean, I'd love that. That's Let's my vote. Mo Betta yeah. Greens. Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah. And there you have it. The official CityCast Denver maybe for your weekend. But there's way more where that came from. Peyton's got plenty more recommendations in our newsletter, Hey Denver, which you can subscribe to right now by texting Denver to 66866. Graffiti, this is the end of the show. Yeah, man. I had anything? a good time. It's, it's already the end. This yeah. is this has been fun. Do you <laughs> have anything yeah, like coming up or you want people yeah, to know what, about? Where? Yeah. Um, For sure. Well, 
I would be remiss not to promote an event I'm hosting. So on Saturday night at Ophelia's, I'll be hosting Drake Night. This is probably like number nine or something that we've done. But this is Enter the Aubreyverse plan off the Spider-Man theme. So <laughs> if you're a Drake fan, it's all Drake everything all night. Um, it's always a good time. We got like big like cut out drake heads and stuff it's fun it's it's wow. we overdo it but it's on purpose and it's fun if you're not a drake fan do not because <laughs> it's, it's so you are a big drake fan I, I wouldn't even say that but the event itself is fun and okay. i enjoy i like his music a lot but like we get like the biggest drake fans in there and it's it's, Ooh, it's such it's such a fun party I have to do yeah that. at ophelia's and ophelia's is always a good time uh, so. ophelia's saturday yep. night saturday night do i have yep. to buy tickets yep, yep yep you have to buy tickets you can go to ophelia's website um yeah it's, it's a good time it's a good time or you can get wow. tickets at the door but it's, it's fun and even I'll, I'll take that back even if you're not a drake fan to come in and check out the environment and just hear the good music and like look at the drake fans <laughs> <laughs> like this is fun. It's always a good time, man. So yeah, Drake sounds Knight. incredible. Yep, yep, I've yep. seen Drake several times. He's yeah. Oh, and we are giving away what? a pair of tickets to go see him at Ball Arena. So oh, was he at Ball Arena this time? That's the big okay. catch this time. Oh. It's like we you can actually see Drake for real. Fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That but sounds great. Aside from that, um, at that's graffiti on every platform imaginable. Um, podcasting, everything like that. I changed my feed so before it was. The Connect um, with Graffiti. That's still the name of my show. But my actual audio feed, it's That's Graffiti, just to keep it consistent across everything. So YouTube. if I'm searching for it, I write That's Graffiti. Uh-huh. And, and we'll so, put a link. Yep. We'll so a you'll, link. you'll get Go the ahead. episodes of the podcast. Um, you know, like I'll put this on the feed. I didn't want to like limit it to just my show on my audio feed because I do so much audio stuff. That's a great idea. Everything is there. So you can find it there. Love it. Awesome. Yep, well, yep. Bree, Peyton, Graffiti, thanks so much for joining me. For sure. Yeah. Thanks. That's all for today here on CityCast Denver. Our producers this week were me, Paul Caroli, Natalie Rivera, and Olivia Jewel Love. Peyton Garcia writes our morning newsletter, Hey Denver. Bree Davies is our host. Our music is by Los Mochachetes, with additional mixing by Tyler Lindgren. If you haven't already, subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on Twitter or Instagram or both, at CityCast Denver. And tell your favorite server or bartender about us the next time you tip them. You can sign up for our daily newsletter, Hey Denver, by texting Denver to 66866 and learn more about us at denver.citycast.fm. See you next week. <laughs> They're like, excuse me, hi, hi, uh, can we get a drink order put in here? I'm like, mom.